This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is the Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me is Ricky Weber. What's up, what's up? Gotta hate that. Finger gunless this week, though. Yeah, well, we don't have the video on But just time. to let you guys know, he did not put up the finger gun. He did not, but he still said the douchiest thing that has ever been said is, what's up, what's up? Nah, that's how I started. What's up, what's up? We know how you started. You've been starting it for a while now. Shout, want- out, shout out to Ben, my uh, chief advisor of What's Up Nation. I want to go back and see the first time that you actually did that. Do you know? Do we know when the first podcast was when you did that? No, I don't. I, I've lost track. Yeah, we'll it get. feels like it's been forever, which is a great feeling. I don't, feeling. I don't think he's never not done it now. It's felt like an eternity, an eternity of just being in hell. Dave Oster, and guess how what? are you? You got all season. I'm surviving. Surviving. The hype levels this season are just off the charts, though. Dave Dave has been freaking out in our group chat uh, constantly about, about I wish the there NBA. Was a, I wish there was some more love, though, like... Unfortunately, we're in Chicago, well, so we, Swanee, do have the, yeah. we do have the World Series going on right now. The Cubs, you know. And you have two of us who are Cub fans. Two, two, two very hardcore Cub fans. A couple others that are, you know, whatever fans. But Swan, still, Swanee's still a baseball it. guy first. Too. Yeah, yeah. But unfortunately, they're literally the most boring games I've ever seen in my life. Baseball. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's but Dave's been freaking about. Basketball ones are yeah. fucking amazing. Like, there's no way around it. They are the most exciting. Like, this is the most hyped I've been for the start of the season in a long time. And that's that's different. I, I think I would agree with that, too, just because you do have, obviously, the Warriors surrounding it's, that. It's obviously. different this year. Yeah, it, it really is. I know some people are like, well, it's like, uh, you know, super teams kind of ruin the NBA. But I think it kind of makes it more fun because there's still a lot surrounding it. And maybe that's because it's it's been the most I've actually been paying attention going into a season uh, and actually caring about it as yeah. much. Because I've always been like, a, I've always been a fan of the NBA, but I've never been like actually analyzing it as much as we have because we've been doing I this agree. podcast I, for I'm so in long. The same, uh, same boat, man. Well, yeah. and the point that I heard this week when they were talking, of course, when the Warriors lost was they started saying, like, oh, Kevin Durant, the oh, is he coming over? Is it a waste? And I want to say it was on the jump on ESPN. They brought up the point of you've got these super teams now because people look at LeBron and go, well, how do we beat him? we got to form a super team. Well, yeah, you can't but... form a regular team around yourself and beat the greatest player in basketball right now. Well, that makes sense, too. But also, I mean, I think the one thing that people freak out about is that it takes time for players to gel. I know how mm-hmm. good they did look in the preseason, but then again, it wasn't like they were actually running their set offense. It wasn't like they right. were actually like running what they will run against actual they NBA teams. They were just teams. all posting up on the three-point line and just taking shots. They were having fun. They were they yeah. were getting loose. They were just making sure that they can still shoot properly, and they were just they were just playing basketball. It wasn't like they were actually, you know, taking in strategy and all this. They, they they were just playing basketball. It will take time for them to understand the offense and how one one each one another works with each other. And that's kind of the biggest impression that I've taken around is that people need to relax about the Warriors here. Is that this this team as much as you know people expect them to be good and and you know talent wise they're the greatest team that we've ever probably seen assembled. Yeah. At least from a talent standpoint, but it's still going to take them a while to adjust because Steph Curry is still used to being the best scorer in the NBA. He's still used to taking, you know, a ton of threes back there. KD is still used to being the guy. Klay Thompson's still being used to being the second guy on the team. Now he's got to adjust to that. Draymond's still, you know, he's got he's going to have a, a, a taken back workload and there's there's still a lot to be surrounding this team and they finally did get their win against the uh, New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah, surprise surprise there. Uh but what I did <laughs> like was the opening matchup. They went out against the Spurs. Pop cle- Pop clearly prepared his team well. They attack them where the Warriors are weakest, which is on their front court. They have no real great defensive presence there anymore. Like, no discredit to Zaza. He's just not the same defensive uh, guy that Bogut was. Bogut was a great rim protector. 
uh, pretty good on the boards, and no, just they were absolutely massacred there. The other thing about the Warriors is their bench depth, and it's they're, they're doing these like mix and match, like two superstars on the court, two off kind of a thing, like to try to rest rotation. Mm-hmm. They need to work on that a little bit more. It's not quite flowing the right way yet. It still feels a little awkward. And again, you talked about time to gel. We saw that with the last super team in Miami, and I, I'm in the same boat. Well, you took it with Cleveland, too. And Cleveland, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll give you that. And this team, they're not different. They need time just because they're all shooters. They still need time to gel, and they need someone to step up defensively. I feel like a bad host because I haven't been able to say what we're actually talking about. We're going to be talking about the first impressions of the NBA season, and we're going to, we're going to get into it. This is more of just chitter, chit, 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 chat right now, guys. We're just, talk, we're just talking about the NBA. Shooting the shit. Uh, we're shooting the shit. Uh, but yeah, we're going to talk about first impressions of the NBA. You know, obviously positive impressions and negative impressions. Then we're going to be talking about Anthony Davis. Definitely going to be in the positive impressions if we do talk about him uh, in the first segment. We're going to be talking about Anthony Davis and his time in New Orleans. Uh, more about is he wasting his time in New Orleans. And then finally, we're going to wrap it up with the MVP discussion because we not really haven't had that formally. We kind of talked about, well, will someone on the Warriors win it? But now we can actually, we've seen a little bit of what we've seen from uh, all these players and what they're doing in new situations. We'll talk about that. We but, can overreact just as much as you guys can. Exactly. That's the plan. And, That's the plan. Especially if it's James Harden and Dave Oster. Exactly. I mean, Dave Dave, Dave is getting a lot of hate. <laughs> Bring it. Dave's getting a lot of hate for his uh, playoff uh, standings. Uh, I'm sorry, Rockets and Thunder. Raptors and the Raptors. They oh, hate fuck, the Raptors. fuck the Raptors. No one cares. <laughs> like it, It's Rockets and Thunder, and you guys are all hitting on me. We, like, still we, got, a big, so we got a big Toronto-Canada uh, contingency, we, so we you still, might want to watch them We still love there. you, Benji. Uh, you you should have made your team better in the offseason. You didn't. That's that's the only thing that I had a gripe with, because someone on Twitter, uh, I believe it was Miami. I forget I forget who it was, uh, but yeah, I think it was Franklin. It's really that the, the East just got better, and, and Toronto did not improve their team. The Pacers got better. Uh, I, the Celtics, obviously, adding Al Horford uh, got better. Uh, Cleveland's still Cleveland. So, I mean, that's the only reason why I had the Raptors falling. I, Dave may be taking it a little bit too far. I don't know, maybe. Maybe I am, but at the same time, I want them to show me something. We saw DeMar DeRozan step up. He is clearly still doing great. It's he's, he's not falling into that number pit. two, Hey, Dave. it's early in the season. It's time for overreactions. <laughs> I, I still think he's overrated. Part. And that's fine, but look, it, it's it's a trap for a lot of these guys when they get that payday that they kind of take it easy going into the next season, and he is not, and mm-hmm. that's that's good. He still has that fire. He still has that energy. Uh, but, you know, like like we talk about their team, you know, they just haven't improved enough to, to make that big of a difference, and a lot of teams in the East, like you said, made those changes. They brought in new guys. They, they rotated the crop, and they look better. Yeah, and the one thing that I do want to say about DeMar DeRozan, I said he's overrated, uh, and I'll still stick to that. But still, I mean, the first two games that he has had, I, I mean, impression-wise, 36 if, points. if we're talking about that, 32 points, 40 points in the first game, and the, that first game was stupid, 63 from the field and 100% from the free throw line. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he, he played utterly fantastic outside of the six turnovers. So, I mean, DeMar DeRozan has been fantastic. Still think he's Absolutely. overrated. But uh, impression-wise, though, let's let, let's what, what's the biggest ones that do stick out to you, whether it's a, a team or a player? Who is sticking out the most to you? The Bulls. The Shocker. Bulls. It was one game. I, it, it's one of those things where God. it wasn't like, a, oh, my God, we're going to win it all kind of a reaction. It was I just like a, Put on your Homer shirts. It was like a, holy shit, this team doesn't look bad. It was a game. I know it was a game. But it was a game against the Celtics but as well. A game against the Celtics, so I thought it was. They're, so they're my number three team. They're my they're mm-hmm. my number three team, and I mean the the one thing the we Celtics all said, are, yeah, the Celtics. Okay. Just want to make sure the Bulls are eight. Yeah. The Bulls are eight. The yeah. Bulls are eight. Yeah. But the one thing we all said was, oh, this team can't shoot the three, and then Jimmy and D Wade come out four of six each. 
from Beyond the Arc, and it was like one of those things where it's like, am I expecting that each and every game? Probably not. But for a first one, I was like, hot damn, this looks like a good team. Uh-oh, somebody's been practicing. That- yeah, the, the yeah, team. Right, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where the only thing I was kind of not really excited about was that Bobby Portis and Valentine didn't get to play. But of course, that's going to happen until Taj gets traded. Well, Taj performed, so I don't, I don't know. I mean, he he looks very good out there. I think it's still the confidence is still with him. He's a veteran. He he had a lot of energy. I know it's it was the first game of the season, so there's no reason you wouldn't bring the energy. Look, they did great out there. Uh, three point shooting was definitely surprised. I think the only thing I'm disappointed in uh, two things. One, Rondo with his complete hatred of trying to score buckets for himself. Like he one made, of nine, he, four points yeah. overall. He 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 can't shoot, and we knew that. But like he's some he, he's making some poor decisions by trying to force ball movement when it's not needed mm-hmm. instead of taking the wide open shot. And the other one is the fact that they're not running enough sets to get great looks for their for for their spot up shooters. That's gonna come like in buckets that... like uh, Nicola. Like they both need mm-hmm. that and. I, I think that it's going to – I agree with you. It's going to come in time, but it's kind of hard with so many slashing players. It's great they're showing that they can do the threes, though. Yeah, that's the one thing I was going to bring up is that Butler and, and Wade obviously had phenomenal nights from three-point land, but the one thing that I did want to mention is Miritich is your shooter on that team. I mean, and, and Dougie. And, and Dougie, too. But, I mean, Miritich got more minutes than, than, than McDermott, and you're going to rely on him more for the three-point shooting just because he'll be in the game more, but he still went for one for six. Mm-hmm. Does it worry that, you know, if D-Wade and Jimmy Butler go back to where they historically are in their career three-point shooting-wise and Miritich doesn't really pick that up, would that worry you that they will become one-dimensional, like we were saying, so much in the offseason? Maybe a little bit, but, I mean, with this team, if we build off of what we had in Game 1, and another thing that I'm going to be interested to see in Game 2 is with D-Wade, is it only did he have twenty two points and go four of six because this was the homecoming? This was you get a little bit more up for this game because Maybe. you're coming back home for the first time to play as a Chicago Bull. Maybe that's why I'm looking at the second game for that. But on the other side of that matchup, the Celtics, the one thing I was looking at, and this was kind of a first impression with them, if they can't get rebounds against the Bulls, that's gonna kill them all season. Yeah. It it was really disappointing to see the lack of effort around the rim. Uh, I, I don't disagree with you, but I think this team is really reliant on Isaiah. It's his incredible speed uh, running up the court. His fast break is mm-hmm. damn near untouchable. I mean, he did go 10 of 15 in the game. And, yeah, when he turns a corner on somebody, he has a clear lane no matter who it is. Well, that's one thing that I think actually probably benefits the Celtics because one thing that we talked about was can Isaiah Thomas continue what he did last mm-hmm, year and right. obviously I mean if he can keep this up then they'll be fine because yeah. I think it's more of you got to get Horford back into the game I mean the players that around thing, that, and, that's when they had their most success was when they were running the court on the Bulls it mm-hmm. was that quick play that try, the Bulls trying to play up to Isaiah's game speed mm-hmm. and that's what almost lost on this game so I think that him driving that team forward still, he knows he's the guy. Even though they brought in Horford, they bring in you know Jalen Brown, who looked not so amazing uh, in his rookie uh, rookie de- first debut. game debut. Thank you. I, words. Come on, words Dave. are tough, man. Come on. So no, it, it's on Isaiah, and I'm excited to see what goes on. And if if he can force other teams to try to play up to his speed, mm-hmm. this will be a successful Celtics team. I mean, I just look at it though. I mean, I know the Celtics have played a second game since then, but. You get out rebounded fifty five to thirty six yeah. against the Bulls, and then like they play the Nets, and yeah, they won the rebounding margin, but it was only forty seven to forty four. 
So it was almost an even split. I think this team, that's the one thing early on they got to get better with is just pulling in the rebounds, especially on the offensive side, to get some more second-chance points. All right, getting away from Boston and Chicago, Dave, what's a team that really stuck out to you or a player that's really stuck out to you in impression-wise, either good or bad? Uh, I, I'm going to go positive. I'm going to go with the, the fan favorite of mine, James Harden. Like, I thought you were going to go Joel Shocker. Embiid. Well, I, I was saving Embiid, but now Shocker. that you bring him up, Joel Embiid is a fucking monster. The man has so much He just so pushes Harden right to the side. Like, get the fuck out of the way. Look, I love Harden. We'll get to him just later, like though. Just like did. Oh. Oh. Look, we'll get to him later, though. Look, Joel Embiid playing limited minutes looks great. He was playing against uh, Steven Adams in the opener, mm-hmm. one of the toughest defenders in the league. And, you know, he's earned his stripes through the last uh, playoff push. So, you know he's legitimate. And Joel Embiid took the challenge. He went after Steven Adams, and he nailed down the outside shots. His footwork looked great. His decision-making is still pretty good. Uh, there's no reason to not love Embiid, although every time he hit the floor, I freaked out. I just held my breath. Because you thought like, he was going to get Don't injured. get hurt. Don't get hurt. <laughs> but uh, no, he, he is he is absolutely living up. And the fact that he can drop a three, I mean, you got to respect that. Teams will over time, but like, oh, I'm hyped for him. Yeah. I and, am hyped. And one thing that's kind of stuck out to me is that, like, looking just at the, at the whole conferences in, in large, it looks like the East will be, obviously, as it historically has been, very competitive. And, yep. and, you're, and you're looking at, at the teams right now. There's teams that... Are, are kind of slacking off right now. Like, I mean, Indiana's out of the playoff picture. I know it's been two games. Oh, come on. Uh, but they, they did no, it's not look at playoff Still, again, I'm just, I'm just saying it, looking at the teams that are currently like currently where they're at. Yeah, team like, disappointed. Uh, he is shooting awful and just shooting awful. Well, well that's, a, that, that's the thing. Again, I'm not saying they're a super team, but teams that have so many new additions, they do have to gel. And I think yeah. that's the thing with Indiana. They're, they're sitting at one and one They still need to gel. Uh, teams like Washington, they've only played one game. But still, they, they, these teams need to gel. They still need to get uh, going. But, like, even, you know, I, I know Detroit lost to Toronto, and Toronto lost to the Cavs, and then the Cavs beat uh, the, the Cavs beat uh, the Knicks, and the Knicks look poor. But still, I think that the, the, the East is going to be very competitive. That's what we're, we're taking away from here. Definitely. And then the West, it's going to be, again, top-heavy. Like Technically, it's the Warriors out of the playoffs, if we're going to throw that again, one out there. Again, it was just, I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at the standings right now, just I looking mean, at all the, the records. and the Lakers ahead of them out of the playoffs, too. The so, Lakers I mean, look impressive so far. I mean, you got to be excited You're for... you such a dick, Ricky. <laughs> well, after that first game, I was excited. About oh, they the look fantastic. They, and yeah. it was even, Russell looks Dave, so it was even better because they did it against your James Harden. They did it against the Rockets. And that's, that's why I watched James a Harden's little bit still of that a phenomenal one. game. No, I know, but technically, I just liked it Lakers seeing James Harden and... lose because I feel like it's going to be a rivalry hey, between t- me and Right now, I mean, right now, Rockets are out of the playoffs. Uh, Rockets are in the playoffs and the Lakers are out of the playoffs. So just throwing out there. But they're right there, 8-9, yeah. baby, 8-9. Lakers are basically as far as D'Angelo can go. As long as he's mm-hmm. hot, they're going to keep winning games. Yeah, because that second game was that's that's really what killed him. He couldn't shoot for shit. Yeah. And it was it was a bad shooting night all around. So... The, the big concern there, of course, would be Ingram, uh, Ingram going with the injury. Mm-hmm. And it, it was one of those non-contact, looks looks bad, and I hope it's not serious. But uh, hopefully news will come out this week about it. But that's one thing, too. I mean, now we're now we're talking about this. I mean, Ben Simmons, we haven't been able to touch touch upon that. He's out for, I think, an extended another couple, six to eight weeks. Was that yeah. the yeah, timetable? He's, he's still a ways out. Uh, Simmons is six to eight weeks for his injury. 
Uh, I even think that they said that might, that might go longer just to make sure he's fully healthy. Right, because there's no rush. Yeah, and then with Brandon Ingram going down, I mean, that would be possibly detrimental if you're if one and two both go down, at least for this rookie class and yeah. for those teams not knowing what they're what they're going to have with this with these guys in place on their team. Uh, so that's something that I've been definitely taking away. And, and one final thing that I, I do want to take away because we're not wrapping this up, but one thing that I just mm-hmm. want to do do throughout there is. Fuck you, Magic fans. Your team looks like shit, and I told you they look like shit. And maybe down the road, they'll look a little bit better. But still, you have 10 players who are probably starters on NBA teams, but they're like, you're probably fourth best player in that starting rotation. It just showed that this team is not good yet. Can they be good later down on the road? Maybe. Can they go 41 and 41? Possibly. But right now, this team looks like shit. So I was right. And the one thing I want to throw out there just with the two injuries is Ben Simmons right now, no timetable on his return. However, as of today when we're recording this podcast, Luke Walton said that uh, Brandon Ingram might play tomorrow, Sunday, uh, against the OKC Thunder. He's not on the injury report. Right, right. So, I mean— Still got to worry about it. I mean, but the one thing, yeah, to touch your point, yeah, the Orlando Magic suck. But the thing I want to look at with Philadelphia is— it's interesting with them, and my first impressions with them is it was supposed to be since draft day, let's see Ben Simmons, let's see what he can do with this team. He's got the foot injury, and you see no timetable for the return on his broken foot. And it's one of those things where I go, maybe this season for the 76ers is, hey, man, get healthy, come back. Don't rush it because we're not going to be a team that's making a run anyways. Right. And, hey, it might help us if we can get higher in the lottery process to maybe get another first overall pick, hopefully, I don't know how many and go ahead and just trust in the process. Yeah. But the good thing is you can see Embiid, hopefully, this season and press and press and press and go, hey, maybe we don't need Nerlens or Ja. No, I, the, the problem right now with them is the fact that they do need all three because they can't hope that they'll all be healthy right now. Someone's going to go hope. down. Someone's going down. Well, they've there. got they've got Ja and Embiid on limited minutes. Nerlens is hurt right now. He ain't playing. He's got nothing. So, mm-hmm. look, they they need to continue to flesh out that situation. Right now, it looks like Embiid is the total package. He is you know showing it's hype city. Yeah, it's hype city. There's there's nothing not to love about him, and he he's even great at public speaking. Like there's mm-hmm. a guy who's good on the mic. He's good in the interviews. He he is going to be their superstar of the city. I know Ben Simmons is the quiet guy. He's not that guy who's like out there and super public so mm-hmm. this is great for him he doesn't have to worry about that he's taking the back seat he's injured he's going to heal up like you said there's no rush i still think he's going to be back well in time for the season to get a lot of a lot of experience in because that's what he needs he needs time on the court against professional level quality uh and to gel with them Ja is the guy who i see being the short man out because well he is an offensive monster down low he is still the expendable piece mm-hmm. Erlins po- brings defense and he has a level of intensity on mm-hmm. the court, and the ball moves really well with him out there. So I think Ja is the one who, if all three of these guys are healthy at the you know trade deadline, mm-hmm. we look to see Ja get moved. Plus, I mean, you can look at Ja and look back to what was it last year when he got into that off the court trouble in Boston. I mean, yeah, in Boston. Yeah. So I mean, that's something where it's like, yeah, it didn't really affect him too much. But you look at that and go. If we're gonna get rid of someone down the line, maybe it's the one person that got into some trouble off the court that we don't want. One thing I want to touch upon is the San Antonio Spurs, two and zero right now. Uh, currently, when we're talking it's about, been it. impressive. 
Yeah. Been <laughs> and, impressive. Anyways, uh, 2-0 right now. Obviously beating the Warriors in, in the in the opener. That was a statement. And one thing I do want to say is before we, when we were doing all the playoff predictions and we're talking about the divisions, the, the rumors came out of LaMarcus Aldridge possibly being a trade piece for the Spurs and that it wasn't working out. I mean, with the way this team has started, and again, it's only been two games, so we can't really make too many rash judgments or decisions here, but... Overreaction City, that's what we're all about. Do you think that there should be any validity to those trade rumors? Hell no. Damn. All just, right. just outright, just crush them. Like, there's no point. This is a team that is doing great. This is Kawhi's team. This is not LaMarcus's team. And I think that... Well, you say that, so then should they bring someone who fits more with Kawhi? It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, but I don't know the value for LaMarcus right now. I don't know who they, piecewise, what they could bring in, who's available to mm-hmm. help complement Kawhi Leonard right now. Kawhi Jai? can... Or Jai? Jai. 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 Uh, no, no. I think LaMarcus is... Uh, I think I think he's a better fit. Um, look, Kawhi can go up and down, play whatever position he wants to. He, he's phenomenal defensively. He's great offensively. He's, he's sick behind the three-point line. This guy has every tool it takes, and he's taken off this season. It seems like Pop is totally embracing him. Uh, my concern for this team is still the same. It, it's that backcourt. Uh, mm. But if they're letting Kawhi handle the ball a little more, that kind of takes some pressure off. Uh, well, and that was the biggest knock yeah. we had in the offseason was can he actually be a ball handler? Right. I, I remember us talking about that, whether it was in the in the playoff predictions or when we were just talking about their yeah. – uh, their uh, division, it was that can Kawhi be a ball handler, and that's something that we haven't had him see, but obviously in these first two games, he's been ridiculously good. Absolutely. And, I mean, right now I'm looking, it was um, Zach Lowe from CBS Sports that was kind of putting out the exploration of the LaMarcus Aldridge trade. At this point, two games in the season. I know it's two games into the season. Well, this was this was more off season. Yeah. This was before the season started. And, I mean, before the off season, look at what we had to base it on. Last year... They still had Timmy D, and it was Timmy D's team. Now they don't have Timmy D. And I saw in that first game against the Warriors, they did whatever they wanted. And that kind of presence down low and in the paint that they had manhandled the Warriors all game and then turning defense into offense. And I think that this is something where you don't you don't have to rush into anything. And I think that this is all going to... It's all going to work itself out. I mean, throughout the season, maybe at the trade deadline, if stuff's not working and you're like, you know what, LaMarcus Aldridge ain't the guy for us, then go ahead and make a trade. But right now, no, don't even think about trading LaMarcus Aldridge because you guys are 2-0, and and I know it's only two games, but you're 2-0. and You beat the best team from the NBA last year, although they didn't win the title. <laughs> Cleveland. Regular season-wise, the record, <laughs> yeah, the regular be- they beat the best team thing in the rain. NBA. Yeah, they didn't have all their players, but besides the point, Don't mean to think they rain. beat the best team from last year's NBA, and debatable. now they're on a roll. All right. Uh, debatable. But anyways, <laughs> uh, final impressions that, that we didn't touch upon that you do want to touch upon before we go into the Anthony Davis talk. because I, I was going to bring up Anthony fucking Davis. I, like, just his impressions overall. Well, let's just, let's just move this into the Anthony Davis topic, because uh, what, what the topic really was, and, and Ricky brought this up, was that uh, Ricky was really wondering, like, when is when is someone's prime? And I think we said 27 was the peak of someone's prime, yeah. uh, but it really starts from 25 to 30. But I mean, there's kind of an exception with Anthony Davis because he's 23 right now, but he's also been in the league for four years, mm-hmm. and we've seen really what he's able to been, be be able and to do when he's healthy. Yeah, he he's been huge since the age of like 18. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't the guy who surprised us by like suddenly growing four inches and putting on 50 pounds of muscle. 
dude was jacked yeah. like day one. He he's continued to build on strength to his credit. Uh, because that was one of the things like when you see bigs come in the league, it's always they've got the height, but do they have the weight to, you know, match the athleticism? And he's done a fantastic job of growing with that. And really, the only thing that's held him back has been injuries. And, and that's something that we've constantly seen. And another thing that's held him back is the Pelicans team in general. Good but, Lord, have they. Yeah, but first <laughs> off, uh, before we get into whether he should, whether, you know, whether they act, what the actual topic is, can we talk about what he's actually done so far? Because History. it's been utterly stupid. The only man other than MJ to score 90 points in the first two games. He scored 50 in the first game and 45 in the other game. In the first game against Denver, he almost had 5x5. Five five. He had 50 points. He had 15 rebounds. He had 5 assists. He almost had 5 blocks. He had 4 blocks. He had 5 steals. I mean, it's utterly ridiculous what he did. He shot 50% from the field, 94% from the free throw line going 16 for 17. We, we always talked about, can he take that jump to possibly replace LeBron as the best player. Can he? I mean, because we've always had that discussion. Can he? Do you think that Anthony Davis can still do that? Honestly, Anthony Davis could do that. The The real thing is, like, what do you define as the best player? Because for me, it's not just about stuffing the stat line. And Anthony Davis... He stuffs it. He, he has no choice. He is the stat line. He, he is no choice because he is the only thing they have in that city. So it's his responsibility to carry this team as hard as possible. And the problem with that is just because you put up 50 and 45 and you put up, you know, almost 20 rebounds in back-to-back games doesn't mean your team is going to win. Here's something. Uh, talking about New Orleans sports here and st- uh, stat stuffers, Drew Brees and Anthony Davis, both on teams that really don't give him any help, but they both staff the, st- uh, staff the studs. Uh, <laughs> Stuff, stuff the, the stats. stats. But there's uh, one thing I hate about that comparison. I'm going to nip it in the bud right now. Brees already Drew won. Brees play, no, Drew Brees well, plays a position that controls the game. Anthony Davis does not. But he can still control the game. But no, that that's the difference between him and LeBron James. When LeBron James player, can take fair. over no, the game. Fair. LeBron James can win Anthony the Anthony Davis can still take over the game. The ball just won't be in his hand when he's bringing up the, the court. And that's the problem. But they're still going to go to Anthony Davis. Yeah, they have no other choice. <laughs> but it's, yeah. it's a different dynamic than the guy who's bringing right. the ball. He up can the still court. have the last uh, shot, though. Yeah, but a floor general know, has, has a different impact than the most reliable down low score or the most reliable shooter on your team. Like everybody has their own impact. And to me, the reason why LeBron is still, in my mind, the best player in the league is because. Oh, I'm not saying he's not. And and yeah, we were discussing no, if Anthony mm-hmm. Davis could challenge him. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just due to the role they play on their teams, he cannot. Anthony Davis is the entire team, but unfortunately, he's not the guy who's going to be able to elevate guys around him and make them better. He can't he can't force shit players around him to be better. He can't, you know, get them open looks. He, he can't dish out because he knows in his mind that there's a better chance that he can do it better himself. Let me, let me phrase it this way. Can he be the most dominant player? Because LeBron is the best player and most dynamic I player, mean, but can he be the most dominant player? Because we've seen big men be the most dominant player in the NBA, but they haven't been able to have, have the ball in their hands. The last guy who we talked about being... Was Shaq. It was Shaq. And yeah. that's what I want to go to was you got a guy down low who guaranteed points every time you give him the ball. If the man could only shoot free throws, God knows the numbers. But like, look, Anthony Davis is in the same category. He's right now unstoppable when the ball's in his hands. And the only question comes to, you know, what else does he have to do to win a game? Because mm-hmm. he's, uh, as of right now, this is history. So now getting to the question we actually were going to pose about Anthony Davis was he's finally getting into his prime or, or nearing his prime or traditionally the, the prime area uh, of players' careers. And, and it's he's currently locked up 
in New Orleans until I believe five years. Twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. Uh and he'll be twenty seven when he does uh when he's able to leave New Orleans Pelicans. Do you think he will be wasting his prime or his best years in New Orleans? Because we've yes. seen the injuries that he's that he's been suffering. We've seen that this team there isn't a, really a team around has him. Has nothing to do with him. Has nothing to do with him why he's wasting his time in the Pelicans. It has to do with this organization. Because right now I don't think this organization is going to do enough to get him pieces to be anywhere near what you need to. to let, let's even say be competitive in the playoffs. Let's not get ahead of ourselves and talk championships or anything. I think that this is this is something where I think by like 2019, 2020, maybe 2020, 2021 at the latest, we're starting to talk about Anthony Davis trades. That's what we're starting to talk about at that point because I don't think this franchise is going to do anything for him. Yeah, and, and you bring up the trades because obviously we, we saw what happened with KD leaving the Oklahoma City Thunder, but you can arguably say that they did enough to keep KD there. It was just more KD yeah, do you wanted think to go somewhere else. the Pelicans are going to do well, what that's the what I was gonna, did? that's what I was going to bring up is, is that it's going to give more validity to trade rumors you know, down the line, but we also don't know what they can do in the next four years because we know they drafted your boy Buddy Heald, but I mean, so far in the first two games, he has not but done anything. He, but is he going to be, the big thing that they need is they need a Robin to his Batman. Because the thing that I think about it, I was just looking at like best all. I was just looking best all time players and kind of looking through the big men. Mm -hmm. And most of the big men had somebody there with them. And the guy that I kind of looked at and thought about, Patrick Ewing, another seven footer. I know it's different games, different eras, but he had a guy like Starks there to help him out and Never be the guy with him. Never won a championship, but they were competitive in the playoffs. That's right. They were there. Sure. They made it to a finals. And you could say the same thing, Stockton Malone, yeah. even though they weren't able to win a championship. I but mean, I really, Shaq only had, Shaq had Kobe, so. But I was looking for guys yeah. that are more like that center position, because that's what I see in Anthony Davis. But that's what is going to, Anthony Davis is in a position, and it kind of goes back to your LeBron James question, of mm -hmm. LeBron James, you can put him on any team, and he makes that team better. Anthony Davis. Well, he, hold on. You, hold wait, on. wait, wait. You put him on that team. Yeah, he makes the team pretty damn good. But it's one of those things where we're asking, I, what can you put around him? I think, LeBron, we never really, except for the early times in Cleveland, it wasn't like a man. He needs this in order to be a great player. No, he'll will you to the will you to the finals. But it's just that extra piece to get him. I over. think what you're more trying to say is, if you put LeBron on any team, they can be competitive and, and go to a, a, a at least a, a conference playoffs, finals. Yeah, yeah. yeah a conference fi finals. To the NBA finals. A conference even. finals. But we're, with Anthony Davis, you need more than just him. Just to get because if you put Anthony Davis on the Bulls right now, that team's getting better. That I mean, team's well, better, yeah, but they pieces. already have pieces around him. But That's yeah, no, thing. no. I'm just saying. But you, I'm saying waiting. you put him on the Magic, then you got an actual star instead of ten starters. <laughs> I but just it, love but, the magic. The, I'm sorry. That but just but do the magic go anywhere with Anthony Davis? No, but then again, I'm just saying that you do make them better. The way what you were yeah. trying to say, what, the way that you, the phrasing was that you put LeBron on any team, they get better. You put Anthony Davis on a team, you, the way that you phrased it was he like, well, it's your team, but he doesn't make the guys yeah, around him better. Yeah. Are, okay. LeBron and James I'm drives just the car. The Anthony Davis is more of a passenger. Fair enough. But again, this is a team that they're second <laughs> and third best analogy. players. Second and third best players are <laughs> Drew Holiday and Tyreek Evans, though. So, like, well, they're, they're not both playing. out. Yeah. And Drew Holiday's a guy who is injury-bitten every year. Like, the dude's well, never going to play he, a full he's season. He's currently dealing with his wife as well. And, and, no, I know, yeah. but I'm saying, like, he's never yeah, playing a full mm. season, period. Like, that's just not happening for him. It's unfortunate. He's got other circumstances going on in life. But before that, it's injuries. Mm -hmm. 
Tyreek Evans, if your savior's Tyreek Evans, you're already fucked as a franchise. So, look, let's be honest. This is a team that they, they have the need to do things in the offseason. Right now, he's making Tim Frazier look like an all-star. Lance Stevenson looks like a good player. Like, this is just upside-down world. And, and I'm, I'm a little saddened to see Anthony Davis popping off for, like, historical performances. And yet, this is a franchise that can't do anything well, right. It just comes down to Anthony Davis's position. And it's one of those things when you're a fucking phenomenal five or even a four, a four. But if you're a phenomenal big man, you can't do it all by yourself. I'll throw two others out there, Bill Russell and Shaq. Yeah, they're great players, but Shaq had Kobe. Shaq had D. Wade. You put them on the Suns. You put them on the Celtics. Wasn't anywhere near Shaq. Bill Russell, yeah, great NBA player. Yeah, with but 10 he had, championships. But he had pieces around him. It just wasn't Bill or Russell 11. out there. He won 11. Yeah, but was it all Bill Russell? No, that Celtics team was pretty damn stacked. So it's Yeah, one but of those there was also eight where, teams in the NBA. And I know, different eras. And that's the thing. In this era in the NBA. You still need a team around the guy. That's I think I think probably the best the best really comparison would be Will Chamberlain. I mean, we, we talked about this consistently. <sighs> The, the outrageous number, no, the outrageous just, yeah. numbers. But you, you, there's no the reason why you put on outrageous numbers for Wilt is because there was no one else on that damn team. The level of competition. And you're, you're playing, you know, six, seven white kids, well, and Wilt Chamberlain seven one, and just dunk it on these. And guys. the thing about Wilt Chamberlain was those numbers, the 95 points that Davis has scored in these two games, yeah, third most in the NBA, right behind Wilt Chamberlain, who did it twice, and well, right and, above the goat, so Michael, Michael Jordan. Jordan. Yeah, and, and one thing, and with, that wasn't even 90s, Michael. Yeah. That was 80s. That was 86, 87 he did that. Was that was before he had pieces, though. Think mm-hmm. about it. And, and mm-hmm. it's it's these one-man-driven teams, and in today's NBA, you can't win like that. And especially, like you said, now with a guard-driven league, as a big man, your ability to influence the game has lessened. So I, I think really what they need to do is go find themselves a stud, a reliable two-man for him, and then we can watch his team evolve, watch him grow, because otherwise... They're wasting one of the most talented athletes we've seen. And that's the one thing that with, with Will Chamberlain, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because when he was putting up 50 points per game in a season, which is utterly ridiculous to say, 44 points per game in a season, his team wasn't winning championships. The When he won championships was later on in his career when he went to teams like the uh, the Lakers and the 76ers in, in 67 and 72, where they did have more pieces around him. And, and that's, that's why I'm kind of making the comparison to Anthony Davis is because Anthony Davis is a dominant player. But like we keep saying, it's a guard-driven league. It's a star-driven league. Mm-hmm. And it's how good how good Anthony Davis is. Again, he can't carry a team because, you know, putting up these monster numbers is fantastic. But then again, they do have two losses in these two games that he's put up stupid numbers. So yep. that, that's that's a big thing. And and I don't know if this really warrant, would warrant an MVP award, to be honest with you, because most valuable player uh, means that you are the most valuable player to your team. I mean, and, he's and setting Anthony records Davis out there. It's hard to well, not. Okay. <laughs> The Dave, MV, the MVP Dave. award right now, though, is it really it's wide the open. best player in the league, or is it who's stuffing the stats? The okay, most? hold on. I mean, Steph won it, but we had a huge discussion of is LeBron or Steph the best player? Well, LeBron in was in also coasting during the regular season. We can, we can make that argument that right. LeBron, if the if the Cavs were trying in every game, they wouldn't have they would have won over sixty games. Yeah, but but the one thing is is more of yes, if Anthony Davis. Keeps up putting forty-seven points per game, Dave. Are you gonna deny him an MVP no, award? <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not even. That's not gonna be a discussion. Um, but it, it's he's gonna be a unanimous MVP because mm-hmm. uh, I know Ricky loves bringing up that uh, unanimous. I really haven't brought it up since the finals. Yeah, I know. But when I did bring it up, and yeah. he was. Yeah. Anyways, uh, but one thing. First with, ever. First ever. Anyways, 
<laughs> Anyways, uh, Anthony Davis, uh, that, that's one thing. Like, obviously, if he puts up the ridiculous stats, but if he comes down to earth and he's putting up like 33 points per game, but you have a guy like James Harden who's putting up similar numbers, but his team's, his team's in the playoffs, then I would say it has to go to a guy like that because his team's in the playoffs. Would you disagree or agree? I would have to agree with you. I, I think your success is only as good as your team's success. And if you're the best player on your team, it's hard to not say that your effort wasn't good enough to get them to the playoffs, but I don't think you would deserve it if you can't drag a team kicking and screaming to the playoffs if you're not the MVP, you know? No, Depen- well, and Anthony depends Davis on how did that. good the numbers are. If the numbers are like catastrophically, well, I mean, we've like, never fucking thing. seen these numbers before. The best player on the Magic is not going to get the MVP no matter what because they're yeah. still trash. But if he's throwing Damn up right. like... We've 45, seen this like the ninety two or ninety five points every two games. Yeah. Then yeah, fucking give it to them whether they make it or not. The one thing I kind of want to throw out there, and this is a little bit of Anthony Davis, if he really thinks the Pelicans are the team, and he thinks you know what, I got to make it work here. Does he eventually go out and try to recruit guys to come play with him? One of which could be Russell Westbrook. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but that's the big one coming up that just guys where it's like, okay, I got to recruit guys to come play with me. I, I don't doubt he's not going to do that, but I mean, also, I think I think it's more of really, I mean, how much power does Anthony Davis has? Have? Yeah, a, they're not in a big market city, God, no. so you have very Sorry, little to do. Yeah, no, but OKC is in a big market, so maybe that could draw in that, a guy like Russ, Russell Westbrook, and, and that's why Katie left. That's one of the reasons. It's it's who wants to sit around in New Orleans? No offense, New Orleans is actually a fun city. It's OKC is the one that's kind of like really there's there's not a ton to do here. So mm-hmm. when you're trying to pull talent, mm-hmm. all the guys are like it's a ton of fun. Come come hang out with me. When you're trying well, to make a business too, because yeah. I mean, KD was definitely trying to be more of a marketable player, oh, trying to make be more successful at least outside of the NBA and going to a, a place like Golden State or the Bay Area. That's where you'll more succeed compared to OKC, where you know you got Jeff Daniels, who's the most popular businessman, who's selling yeah. you guys insurance. Yeah. So I'm just I'm just saying I agree with that, but it's it's going to be definitely definitely difficult it's to a hard sell. Yeah, and plus like how much money can the New Orleans Pelicans afford to spend? Like I know everyone has has similar cap numbers, but still it's like how how much how willing are they to actually go out and spend money yeah. to help AD, or is it going to be more well? We have one of the best players in the NBA. I think and he's going to draw enough. no matter what. Exactly, and they might be okay to settle with that. I mean, we've seen other teams do the same, and we've seen teams shamelessly lose games and play at salary minimum. Just so they can save money. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's th- there's no driving force that makes teams want to go for it every year. And I wish they would. I wish everybody had the same passion level where, like, you know what? We may not ha- have the best guys top to bottom, but our guys want it more. We're going to go out there and compete. Like, this is a team where quarter of the team salary is going to Anthony Davis. Like, that's just how cap works. And 23% then, of the cap goes, is, this so season's going yeah, towards it. It's 2% off. Yeah. So sue me. Uh, the, the rest of this, like they need to Paper go out and make smart right moves. <laughs> I, I honestly think that the best available guy for them at the end of this year is going to be uh, CP3. If you bring in a floor general like CP3 who can direct Bring traffic, him back to New Orleans. If he makes Tim Frazier <laughs> put up 18, 6, and 11, mm-hmm. CP3 is going to look like a god. Like there's just, it, it's going to be ridiculous. No, I, I don't he disagree needs, that He fit, needs yeah. that guy, he needs a guard. And I know we brought in Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald, you know, was a sharpshooter in college. The dude was an absolute stud. We haven't seen enough out of him yet to make Spend anything games, out of him. But yeah, still. So, hey, we've seen a lot out of rookies in two games. Oh no, I, I don't he disagree. hasn't been one of them. 
Uh, and I know he's a lot of people's favorite for rookie of the year, especially with the one and two out of the draft, mm-hmm. uh, not playing. So, look, I, I think that they need a guard. Otherwise, they they should shop Anthony Davis by year three. Like, really, it, it, it's cruel to me. Even, it's cruel for me to say that, that. But look, there is no reason that he should stay. And I think uh, the unfortunate thing is, I think he's too nice of a guy to say anything publicly. So he might end up trapped there for his full contract. I don't know if it's if he's too nice, but he might just be more of a professional to say something. But but I Fair think enough. I think one thing is is that do you, do you really think it would be? Do you think they'll trade him before his his contract year? They might trade him the year before if they can get two ones. Mm-hmm. I think they should. Well, it depends on the draft. Well, they're class. definitely going to be able to get two it, ones. If it depends. It depends on the well, draft or class that's coming star, out. Yeah. It depends on. Do you really think that, like, because two years out, you could think, well, okay, contract year, we can get him to stay. Yeah, it, it's really going to depend on that year. On probably. a lot of factors. The one guy, though, that I think that this year, I think the Pelicans have to do, they need to take a page out of the Laker book. They got to, you know what, we're going to bring in Byron Scott as a <laughs> chief advisor, the tank commander. Hey, hey Elvin Gentry get, already sucks. So. To get a top pick. Not a big fall. Because, Sean, I know you're going to like this there only because fall. of... Uh, Both terrible. <laughs> l- l- let me finish. I'm yeah, going go to make, yeah. uh, make Sean rock hard here because of the team where he's coming from. What? They got to go after Markel Fruits, the point guard for... Washington, the top point guard this league. He's going to be the best point guard in college, and that's the guy they need to go to to get him. But develop Buddy Heald. There's your one-two. Anthony Davis down low. I don't know if Buddy Heald will be worked in as as the two. I mean, I mean, obviously we got to see how the, the NBA draft turns out and all all this, and we we got to see, if, see they're, how if they're going to be actually the worst Heald, team because they can Anthony be Davis can win you teams or win you games. Win he you can teams. win you teams. He, he can win you so games. Far. He can, Hasn't so far, but we that, definitely. I know can Drew say Holiday, Tyreek Evans. Yeah, in I, I, I don't. Healthy. I don't think New Orleans will be seller. I think they'll definitely be bottom of the Western Conference, but I don't they think they'll be a seller team. team. Thirty-five. Yeah, well, I don't know why you're saying it like that, but yeah, I don't know. Thirty to thirty-five. Yeah, totally. Uh, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. I, I think that. I think that if if Anthony Davis leaves, it's either going to be in free agency, and boy, that would be fucking fun. That'd be fun. Uh, no, gonna... or, or it'll be or it'll be the last year. I don't think they're going to trade it before. The problem is, you know, you're talking about going after a top point guard in the draft, and I don't think they're going to be bad enough to. Be available for that. That's so, what I'm saying. Yeah, because Anthony Davis is so freaking talented, they're still going to win over 25 games, which means they're not going to get the one through three likely. But if they they'll are have better odds, yeah. But. I mean, if they are in that range, though, if they are in that in that top range, I definitely mm-hmm. don't see them go, shying away from from drafting a guard, even if Buddy Heald doesn't have a fantastic season. I yeah. think they definitely need to, Although, to look you at know, getting you guard got help. Josh Jackson up there, and it's just like I mean that would that would be fun too because I mean, you can get Tyreek Evans out. And and you bring in Josh Jackson, but I think I think that if you're going to look for anything, you're going to look for someone like a Ben Simmons who could be a point forward, or and or just that type of player. I'm yeah. not saying there's going to be a player floor like, general. Yeah. You just need a floor general to be honest. Whether it's a point guard or or, or a small forward, so yeah, I, I don't disagree with that, Ricky. But let's move on now. To, Before we move on, can I make one one little homerism comment? Wouldn't it be fucking great in at the end no. of the contract? Just comes to Chicago. Come no. on home, AD. We love you here. Anyways, we're going to move on to MVP discussion here. We <laughs> talked you, a little Sean. about Anthony Davis. And Anthony Davis, if he keeps up what he's doing, which it's only been two games, and I don't think he will, <laughs> he's going to win the MVP I'm no matter that, what. I'm on that boat. I don't think he will. I don't think he will either just because do I don't think he's going to average 47 30, points But do you think he could average like 33? If he averages 35 to 37, he will win the MVP. I mean, that's... Honestly, but also, it's hard thing. to say no. because He, he will yeah. because Kobe did it, and Kobe didn't win it. Yeah. So I, I Kobe I, took a lot of shots though. 
The rest of the team didn't take. Andy well, Davis has taken 34 in good, both games. Good point. Who do they got to take shots? <laughs> the Pelicans? And hey, we're going to bring up a guy who's, uh, if we're talking about chucking up shots, we're going to talk about Russell Westbrook here. Yeah, and we the are. only reason why we're going to be talking yeah, about they, him. But they have pocket Westbrook. Yeah, but he shot 44 times in that Suns game where he scored 51. But is he always going to shoot like that? No. Look, he's just t- he, but... he absorbed Kevin Durant's shot count. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> he's just making it easier so he doesn't have to pass the ball. He just sucked in all those shots. He's like, all right, so I used to put up like 24 so a night. So Katie wait a second. This I, many, so we just combine it, I, and it's I, all me. I just split with this guy. Now I get them all myself. Exactly. No one else deserves the shot. <laughs> he only shot 21 times Nobody in the Sixers game. That, that, not, not a I'm little, going in Russell depot. Westbrook mind not here. Not a little depot. Right, 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 right. He, right. he is a one-man like one man band. He just takes the ball and goes with it. it it's fun to watch because he's, he's the most passionate guy right now in the mm. NBA. The dude wants it more than anybody else. And he's getting flipped off. He he's getting flipped off. That reaction was phenomenal. He's shooting ten to ten or, or two from ten from a three point landing. Doesn't even give a fuck. Like he doesn't second guess himself, which is one of the best things. Like he has so much confidence in his own play that he'll never have that moment where he's like, "Should I not shoot it because I'm I've been bad tonight?" No, no. He's gonna make. He's gonna go and take the shot because. He knows he's still the most talented guy on that team. Does talent like that, and, and does, can Russell Westbrook win the MVP? Absolutely. And well, is, he you, can. is you, well, yeah, obviously he can. I mean, fucking Nick Stauskas can win the MVP, but Shh, but, no. but but what I'm just I'm saying anyone can win it, but still, because yeah. it, it's pretty wide open here. Okay, who who are who are your front runners for the MVP it, it, right now? It's, it's Anthony Davis. Yep. Westbrook. Westbrook. And uh, James Harden. You're not throwing Kawhi in. Kawhi is Kawhi is there, but it's he's so quiet of a guy. Like you have, think think about how much. Like okay, Anthony Davis numbers do the talking. No, mm. no one's denying that's history. Russell Westbrook is the most outspoken player in the NBA outside of LeBron James. So he he's definitely there. He is in a huge, huge like everybody wants to talk about him mm. because of the KD situation. So he's got that spotlight on him. Kawhi is quiet because like look, yes, Tim Duncan retired. And the the hottest action on that team is still talking about Lamarcus Aldridge possibly being traded. The dude five steals a night. He is crazy on defense. His offense is phenomenal. He's an all around stud. And I think he's he's in that discussion of right behind LeBron James. It's Kawhi Leonard. But do you think? Well, I mean, you're throwing it even KD too. Yeah. Really? Why not? I'm, I'm just saying he, he, he has, has a better all around game. He's been phenomenal. He has. KD been. is the best scorer. No one's gonna argue. I'm not gonna argue that. I'm not that mm-hmm. stupid. Mm-hmm. But. Kawhi Leonard has the best all-around game, but he is the best defender in basketball, period, right now. I mean, there's there's, there's but, no argument. But really, when you look at it, how often does defense play into the MVP? You look at that's, Steph Curry, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant had a fucking phenomenal scoring season in 13-14. LeBron, LeBron, D. Rose, LeBron, LeBron, Kobe, Dirk. Well, how many of those guys were we like, well, but then, man, this but was then, a fucking phenomenal defensive LeBron, season? But then also... 2001 to 2005, Steve Nash was a phenomenal defensive player. Two, Steve Nash two MVP, was a MVP, Steve Nash. Player. Those should have been <laughs> Shaq's MVP, <laughs> though. Should have been Shaq's MVP. Kevin Garnett was a phenomenal uh, yeah. defensive player. Then Tim Duncan Different twice. era. I, notice where, notice is, where I stopped, though. His stat line's ridiculous. Notice no where I stopped. But, but also, if we're That's talking... my thing. is That's why he is probably not going mm-hmm. to get it, is because what he does isn't always in the stat sheet. It's not in that score column, You're talking about only Kawhi. people care. You're yes. talking about Kawhi. Because I was saying the one reason why LeBron might not get it, even though I think that he's a front oh. runner, is just because, same thing as last year, 
He doesn't need to go hard. Well, that's all the thing. The LeBron time. will never be in the discussion again because LeBron does not care about the MVP anymore. Right. He's he, he's he, deferring to to um I'm Kyrie. sorry, Kyrie on a lot of the shots in these games because Kyrie is growing as a phenomenal shooter in this league. Well, the one thing with, with LeBron too is the reason why LeBron was so pissed off about the whole MVP voting thing last year was that people were saying that Steph Curry was the best player in the in the mm-hmm. NBA, not the most valuable well, player in that season. And, and to pull a Trump right here, wrong. <laughs> you, you, trademarked. Wrong. Um, the one thing you got to look into, though, is whenever people, like the general knowledge of people, when you look at MVP to any normal person, it's like, oh, the MVP, he's the best player. In, the, that's in that what, season, though. But that's what people look at. And I, but think, I think now. I think that in my Criticism at the time was LeBron should have just let it fucking go. Shouldn't have even had to worry about it. Shouldn't have had to say anything but about it. But then if it. he didn't let it go, then he might not have had the performance he had in the NBA Finals. I think he would have had the performance. That, that was a huge chip. He should have That let, was a chip. Well, you can have it be a chip on your shoulder and not come out and say anything about it. That's what I was saying at the time. But to me, with the MVP this year, I think it comes down to my two front runners, James Harden and Russell Westbrook. But it's going— the Respect. Thing, the thing that I think is going to be interesting is will we see because it's going to be a long season. Do we see There's a going to be member more games. of well? Do we see the a member of the Warriors? I would put either Steph or Durant. Do we see them get into the discussion? Although they have a stacked team, I don't think so. Just because I don't think they'll be playing the full season. I think it's kind of like the the LeBron situation where they won't be playing exactly every single. Every sing, every season here, and, and I think that well, every game, every game, yeah. and I think that yeah. the one thing that is is going to benefit Russell and, and James Harden is that they're constantly staffing, stuffing the stats here, and I think that they'll also have a winning team where AD won't have that. Yeah, I tend to agree with you on that. My one concern, completely because of that, is I don't know health wise if they can keep it up the whole season. Mm-hmm. Like Russ is going hard to the hole every night, every chance he gets, his body is taking a physical toll, and Doing that for 82 games, I'm I'm a little concerned. The good thing is, like you said, they have a pocket Westbrook in Oladipo who has mm-hmm. similar play style, much poorer shooter, unfortunately. But he can kind of defer to him uh, to take some of the load off his shoulders. Meanwhile, Harden, Harden's just, that was just fucking crazy. Like, I, I have the biggest told you so right now on my face. Like Relax. I can't. <laughs> the dude was amazing. He had like nine assists in the first quarter of the first game. Uh-huh. It was an absolute joke. It, straight up, if he if he wants to, he can definitely go double digit assists this season. No question asked. He's still taking shots. He's still making them a phenomenal rate. There is, I mean, his three point shooting suspect. No no argument there. But look, he is the guy who will win you games. And honestly, the biggest disappointment from that team is the fact that Ryan Anderson hasn't had a bigger impact. I think we all wanted him to step out more. And, you know, that three-point shooting from a big man is huge, but he hasn't made his shots. And I think that Harden would have more assists. He'd probably be at, like, the second game he only had eight. Mm. If you watch the game because of missed shots, he would have been at 15. Like, there are so many poor shot attempts by his teammates where they just fuck up easy things. And... He he's at a point where triple double for the season. Like I, I don't think there's any question he can do it. The one thing with Ryan Anderson too is that he's coming off an injury, so he still has to be you know readjusted to a right. team and, and readjusted to playing new playing team, basketball. new system, and it's a fast pace with D'Antoni. So he's he's running the floor a lot. Well, and that's the thing with Harden that the one thing that I think will hurt him in the MVP is 
if he wants to win it, his team needs to be at the top of the Western Conference because what's the top? I, one top or four? two. Oh, I'd say one really? or two. You're, you're out here because mind. you look. Well, you look at the last MVP winners. Curry, they were number one. Warriors but, again, okay, number but they one. Were also... When Durant won it with the Thunder, LeBron with the Heat. The when Rose won it with the Bulls, we had the best record in the Eastern Conference. Then you got LeBron with Cleveland, Kobe with the Lakers, and these players are on the best teams in their conference. That's what I think is going to go hand in hand. And with Harden, his biggest criticism with me, I've never said that he couldn't stuff the stat sheet. I never said that he couldn't go triple-double each and every night, but it's going to play into a factor. you got to prove me wrong. Can you get this team to that spot to where you are a valid top-of-the-Western-conference team? See the and one thing that's going to hurt him the, this season. The one thing that I will disagree with uh, with that is the fact that with the Warriors, there's pretty much four legitimate MVP candidates on that team. So it's going to be hard for one of them to separate one mm-hmm. another from from the pack. The one with the thing with Cleveland is LeBron isn't really trying for the MVP anymore, and I right. don't think people will select Kyrie over LeBron. For, for that, and K-Love is statistically having a better season than uh, Kyrie right now, even though it's two games, so uh, what up, K-Love? I'm uh, glad they're using him better. I really am. It's, it's yeah, good for him. But, uh, look, I, I think Harden's not going to win it because, look, the man didn't even make third-team All-NBA last year. There's a clear, like, hatred for him right now. I don't know what it is between the media and the public. They seem to be a lot of disrespect. The, the old shit used to be, oh, he doesn't play defense, da, 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 all this turnovers. The man was one man banding it for his team and still dragged them into the playoffs or mm-hmm. right to them. So I, I'm really disappointed at the fact that Ricky, I think you're right. I think I think the MVP is probably gonna come from a top uh four, mm-hmm. probably a top four team in the NBA. So does that bring quiet? It it could. It's just I don't know if he makes enough of a impact media wise. Like he doesn't draw enough attention to himself. So that that's his biggest flaw. And that's why I think like Westbrook is the most polarizing guy in the NBA right now. I and unless Anthony Davis maintains historic numbers, he's not going to win it. So So can we agree on this? The MVP will come from either someone who has a historic season, so either mm-hmm. James Harden or Russell Westbrook or Anthony Davis. So really yep. if Westbrook or James Harden averages a triple double, yep. or if Anthony Davis is ridiculously over averaging 30 over thirty five yeah. points. Yep. Uh or, or thirty I would say thirty five, not even Probably, over yeah. thirty. People have done thirty before. Um and then one thing that I would also say is that they have to or and if there isn't a historic season that someone from a top team will have to have to win the MVP, but that's the one thing that is, is going to be hard is I think that's really the only guy that that stands out for me is Kawhi is because if they do stand in the top two, then you're going to look at the best player on one of those top two teams. And I don't think someone on the Warriors will separate themselves enough. And then Kawhi will be pretty much the default there for, yeah. for the San Antonio Spurs. Not try, again, trying to take away from Kawhi, but just just throwing that out no, there. No, well, that, that's a fair. I, I would say it's a completely accurate. That, that lines up with what I'm thinking. Well, and the one thing that I've got to look at one more season before I confirm <laughs> this point. I've been doing research right now ferociously. Yeah, the the year that I keep going back to, that Dirk, the 2006-2007, mm-hmm. since that season until now, the MVP has come from either a number one seed or a number two seed. There you go. Boom, right there. There you go. So unless they have a historic season or Dirk Nowitzki. Uh, they will. They will. They will <laughs> win the MVP because Dirk was one, Kobe was one, LeBron, LeBron won, Rose won, LeBron, LeBron again was one, uh, KD was two, and then Steph, of course, was one one. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so that, that that pretty much will wrap up uh, the feelings that we have here on, on the MVP discussion for the fast break this week. We think that it's either going to go to someone who has a historic season, whether it's James Harden, Russell Westbrook, or, or Anthony an AD Davis. if he keeps going. Yeah, just yeah. said Anthony Davis. I know. Um, or a, a guy who is at the top of the Western Conference because Ricky was doing diligent research uh, mm-hmm. through, through this whole— Ferocious. Through ferocious, this whole, that's, the word uh, I'm, that's your word of the day, ferocious. Through the through the whole uh, fast break, trying to, trying to figure that out. So it, either Kawhi, a guy from the Warriors, Probably not LeBron, but LeBron's definitely going to be in there if he has a game like he did in, in the opener. But anyways, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Fast Break Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you did on Blog Talk Radio, we, we really appreciate it. If you're listening on YouTube, don't forget to hit that like button. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. If you do want to follow us on Twitter, check out the links in the description. Twitter is uh, most at Most Valuable Pod. If you do want to reach us, and then our personals, I believe, will be in the description as well. Also, check out our Instagram, check out our Snapchat, and also check out Patreon.com/slash Most Valuable Podcast. If you do want to see more video podcasts. If you want to see us while we're talking, uh, definitely head over to patreon.com slash Podcast. But for Dave Oster, for Ricky Whitmer, I am Sean Anderson, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.